Welcome to Man to Man Podcast. Before we begin our episode, we gotta shout out Anchor for making this podcast even possible. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, easy to use for recording and uploading your episodes, and the best part, they distribute the podcast for you so you can be heard on places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It also allows you to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Man to Man, the best NBA podcast out there right now. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the Hoop Star, Nash. What's up, guys? Thanks for staying tuned with us. How you doing, Hoop? Hey, you know, same old, same old. Just, you know, doing just right. another day in the office. Hey, this is a late one. This is a late know, one tonight. late night, late night. Late night stream, but you know, <laughs> we tweaked be- the times a little bit to uh, <laughs> two hours back. But hey, that's all right. Yeah. We we made our promise and dropping one tonight, as we said we would Friday nights. Uh, if you haven't go checked out that our last episode, go check it out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, but hey, we got another one coming. This one's exciting. We're very excited about this one, as this weekend's episode is a very very special one, as we invite Nashville artist and rapper Chance Flash. He's got over 20,000 listens on his latest single, Hold Me Down, and 80,000 listens on his debut album, The Blood Diamond. Chance Flash was good, my guy. What's up, Chance? What's up, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? How you feeling, brother? I'm doing good. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on right now, but I'm doing as good as I can during these times. Right. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully y'all are okay. How y'all doing? We're doing good, man. Uh, Making it, man. Making it. It's it's very, very, you know, unusual times right now. I agree with you. Um, but Chance, we'll, we'll just kind of go into a background and ask you some questions, uh, kind of give our listeners uh, a background about how we know each other. Um, obviously, Liam, Chance, and I are all from Nashville. Um, I didn't go to the same high school as Chance, although Liam and, and Penn did. Um, but, you know, I know him. We're all connected in Nashville collectively. And, uh, you know, he, Chance went to UT. Um, you know, very, very friendly guy to everyone on campus and, you know, plays hey, with those. Don't forget about Western Kentucky. You know, I play hey, hey, football. <laughs> Western Kentucky football. He got Western Kentucky football on his resume. He's rookie. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, we're glad we, we're glad you transferred over to Tennessee to hang out with the, the real boys. Go Vols. Um, uh, go Vols. But, yeah, chances opened up for a lot of cool people, Waka Flocka, a couple other uh, different performers. And uh, that's pretty much how I know Chance. Liam, if you want to go into how you guys know each other. Yeah, I mean, me and Chance went to, to USN together, you know, held it down at USN. Um, for you guys that don't know what USN is, it's a private school in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, it's, pre- it's pretty much known for their, their academics. I'm pretty sure they're – one or two top in the state for academics every year so that's pretty much what they're known for but you know me. hey it's okay to brag on yourself um hey who, who who had the higher gpa though that's a real question oh, chance did by by far chance was yeah but who had more points per game like I <laughs> him, you know? he took this, to be honest i don't he can be humble he's really a humble person but liam really the reason USN's whole basketball program really took back off. Like we went to state championship what two two years yeah. in our four. Yeah, um, yeah. I loved going to you guys' games, just watching y'all. And and Liam, yes, he's a very humble person, but he's a totally different per- character on the basketball court. And <laughs> oh talking, yeah, the that biggest trash to everybody. On the court. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. have my uh, my my times of uh, shit talking some people on the floor, but you know that. <laughs> That comes with the territory. But, uh, Chance, what have you been up to, uh, you know, through quarantine and, you know, all everything else right now? What what have you been doing right now? So I use really quarantine to really get all my, you know, um, stuff in order, all my goals in order. Actually, um, declared that I'm going to drop my a little album. It's only a four-tape four album. Uh, probably in the next upcoming months, two or three months from now. And uh, Corona actually, quarantine gave me time to really like plan all of that out. 
and also like just giving me a breather from work because I work in the emergency room. Okay. And um, it actually worked out for me personally because with the COVID and um, it brought in a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. My job actually gave me the opportunity to either come and work almost every day, 12-hour sh- shifts for the <laughs> um, next month, or I could actually use my vacation time and just take the two months off. Oh, okay. So it sounds a little bit selfish of not staying there and helping out with everything <laughs> <laughs> it sounds selfish but i had to get a break yeah. going on. i hear that i hear that soldier so yeah uh, because i'm probably one of the only actually <laughs> i am one of the only people there that uh, has not like another side hustle so right. yeah. it so gave me time to have you been in the studio yeah i actually I think I played Andy a couple songs the other day, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I've been in the studio. I had to get in the studio. I was, like, <laughs> if I'm just gonna be off work, you're too goofy, get... bro. <laughs> What'd you say? I said you were so goofy. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. It gives <laughs> me ahead. anxiety though if I'm just sitting around for months not doing anything. So I had to hop in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> so I knocked out a couple songs. Actually, uh, finished my little. Okay, so you gotta let me get on the label, bro. <laughs> Man, you gotta sh- you gotta show me something. <laughs> yeah, I can spend all a couple hours. Was, all I've heard was if you guys can YouTube this only in the night. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, let's who go, it's go, five, go check out our single from 2016. Oh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, go ahead. But you're working. Well, you got a single out, so you're working on you know this this uh, I guess a four. Four song EP, what? Yeah. Also during quarantine, quarantine, I actually uh, <laughs> quarantine. What'd you say? I said quarantine. Yeah, I know. I almost say corn, corn. <laughs> but, um, yes, during this quarantine time, I actually reached the milestone. Oh, yeah. I finally hit a quarter of a million streams. <laughs> wow! So like, was that just on the one song or what? I can't stop gigging at that, bro. No, that's on so my uh, <laughs> on all of my like my whole catalog oh, of okay. music. So total plays or total streams? Yeah, I'm at like two hundred and seventy-five thousand. That's which huge. Is, is, that on, is that on, is that on all your songs collectively? Yeah, it's a, yeah. On, but that's just Apple Music and Spotify. Oh, okay. okay. But you use different like platforms. Like when we distribute, we're on Apple and Spotify. But then there's like eight random <laughs> platforms that we do. There's, there's so many. Um, it's actually kind of cool because Jay Z started. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but it's called Title Music. Yeah. So Title is started <laughs> by Jay Z, and. Um, I released my albums through Tidal also because for the sole purpose of Jay-Z's trying to get more artists to use it. So her stream, like every time someone plays your song one time, you'll get um, a dollar fifty. Which is like really (laughs) we want a dollar fifty for every listen. (laughs) Yeah, come on now. We need something like that. Yeah. But like, I mean, if you guys put this out on YouTube and um, YouTube, and Apple Music and stuff, you'll get like, yeah, this is the finesse because the, uh, <laughs> the finesse. Now, now James like, is telling the world his secrets. No, it's hey, not tell us, inform us, inform us. Yeah. Like when an artist, all these artists that um have their music on Spotify, you get like barely a cent yeah, for every know. stream. That's how it is. Yeah. For us too, yeah. yeah so, us too, yeah. Like two so cents a listen. For um, for uh, title, they'll be putting out a dollar fifty per listen. That's huge. That's like crazy. Yeah. Like so, yeah. if you get a hundred thousand, you know, streams, you're coming home with a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. that's, that's big money right there. That's <laughs> I yeah, see, so, that's chance flash money. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So, like, for example, if I had solely used title, and for my two hundred seventy-five thousand uh, dollar, I mean, two hundred seventy-five thousand streams. If I'd have solely been on title, then I would be like pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be sitting have a quarter million dollars. I'm a, that's. I remember when Kanye came out of his album, and you had to like pay. You had to like download the app, and then you had to like pay for a sign up. Like I, I had to pay before I could even listen to Kanye's album. Was like, it on title? It was the life of Pablo. Yeah. Yeah. See. Um. Yeah. Jay Z drops only, only drops his stuff on title. That's interesting. That's I. It's, it's definitely a good tactic to use. Um. Because obviously everybody is on Spotify and Apple, and it's like, well, what's that yeah. next like trendy platform that you know you can promote and advertise and market your all your music on Dude, as well i really wish that i could get my fans to download title but yeah title just costs as of right now it just is pretty expensive for the non-artists for fans pretty much so so chance are like has any record labels like reached out to you yet are you you know kind of weighing your options yeah. out and waiting on those certain record deals or do you want to sign one or do you just want to stay independent for a while or, or where's your headspace with all that so how i'm so it's kind of hard to explain but labels are strictly in it to make money off of their artists right. like and to dive deeper into that so you you hear you know all of these artists signing for like two million dollar deals and stuff. Yeah. In return, they'll own they owe that. It's kind of like a loan that, or in advance, they get that money up front, and and in return they have to sign like for like five uh, albums. So they'll have to drop those five albums, and until they make that say they get two million until they make that two million dollars back um they don't see really a dime right so they have to make that for the company first before anything else really Mm. comes in before they can start collecting money but um and also labels add uh interest on that so if you take in so if you take in five years to put out five albums that that two million is looking a little different than two million yeah exactly so if and and if you happen to flop like you you owe that money <laughs> yeah, like you, you're gonna be in debt for a minute know, yeah until you get that money back right right so are you a, just like, kind of are you just totally against that right now um uh, totally like against that philosophy so, of signing to a record label so like depending how good, good your contract is and if I got a good contract, like some um, labels will give you that advance, but then they'll also give you a signing bonus. Okay. And that signing bonus is like really good because that's your money. You don't owe that back. Right. Like you, okay. that's what you're going to get. Right. And with that signing bonus, they, ex- but they, it's also like something because they expect you to use that money to help your career. Like, to pay for your videos and stuff like that. Right. So like it's really hard to make a lot of money if you're not a top tier artist. Right. If you're like an average artist that's coming into the game and you don't pan out to be what they thought you were. Right. They'll they, they call it shelf and they'll put you on the shelf. And they'll promote other artists that on their line mm-hmm. on that's also signed to the label. They'll promote them, and then um, while you're still owing them that money back, like you can't do anything because they have you on the shelf and they're putting all their money in another artist. So you're just kind of in debt, and you're like <laughs> like stuck on that that label. So that's why you hear all these artists trying to get out of their contract. Right. And like, so what if and, you what if you got offered like two million dollars and say you had two million dollars like already, like could you just like pay that off and then like start making benefits immediately? Yeah, I, I guess you could do that, but you're still gonna be required to drop however many albums that they, yeah, 
And you they, probably still uh, have to create that two dollar, two million dollar I mean, revenue. Yeah, you're. Anyway. Yeah, you're definitely gonna have to make that revenue of two million dollars before you can really gain thing. But the biggest thing is, it's how a lot of people get rich. How rappers get rich is um, you get to keep your feature and show money. Okay. So, say like, I'll use Lil Uzi. He makes $200,000 a uh, show. So for 30 minutes of his night, he can make $200,000. And that's all of his money. Right. Well, you, and, you, um, you kind of brought it up, but let's kind of go into it. Um, so what, what, what is your whole, I mean, idea and thoughts about, you know, the black lives right now and the movement and the protesting. Let's just start with, I guess let's start okay. with uh, Floyd's death. Like how did that, you know, resonate with you? You know, you know, you being a, an African-American black guy, well, you know? Yeah. So for me and specifically all african-american males this isn't anything new like this has always been happening but now it's televised right so and like social media is helping it get really far so i mean we've always been knowing that happening but i think white america has always kind of been in denial about it right so when that video came out it it it, it made it real Right. And with them making it real, like white American can actually see that this is a problem. <laughs> and like that they never really knew it was that bad. While we've always known it was bad. Like if y'all want to hear like an experience I had, like yeah, coming from ahead. the studio year. So um I don't know if you know Liam, but I got a, a new BMW convertible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you um, you had it when I was down in Nashville. Yeah, West. I think so too. Yeah. Um. So we had. I had that car. I'm coming from the studio. It's like twelve at night, and I literally am driving down the street in Mount Juliet, which is for anyone that doesn't know, that's like kind of like a a little bit racist city. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's outside. It's outside of Nashville. You know, it's outside yeah. of yeah. Metro, and it's yeah. Uh, it's your country. I was to just get in Mount Juliet today, dude, and I felt so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like your typical country town. Yeah, yeah. I just felt so super judgmental. I'm driving down the street. I see Sonic. It's late, so I'm like hungry, and I see Sonic is one of the few restaurants open. Okay. So I'm going past Sonic, and then I'm like, oh, it's open. I'm going to get Sonic. So I turn into a school and then turn back around, <clears throat> and – um pull into Sonic, order my food. Nothing's wrong. I'm about to get my food and everything. I'm literally looking down on my phone and I had the top down and I literally look up and I literally have guns drawn at the back of me from the police. And they're like, get out the car, get out the car. And I'm like, for what? Like, what did I do? Like, I have no reason to get out the car. I'm literally sitting here waiting on my food. Like, what? And I instantly, like, this is something, like, a lot of black, especially males, know is to make sure you call someone so that they can, like, be there with you so that you know what's going on. So instantly called my mom, put her on FaceTime so she could see what was going on. And I'm literally asking them what's going on. And they're like, they keep repeating, literally verbatim, "Where where did a guy like you get this car? Like, where did you get this car? And I'm like, I work a job. Like, what do you mean? Where's like, like, like I make my money, you know? Like Yeah. yeah. They're like, uh, there's no way someone like you could have this car. Like, you don't have this car. Let's run his plates. Like, run his plates. Can you get out the car search so we can search your car? And me knowing my I know my rights. So I'm like, you have no probable cause to search my car to if I'm not being detained, I'm not getting out the car. Like, this is my car that I've worked hard for every single month and pay for it. Right. Like, I have no reason to be bowing down to y'all just because y'all are being racist right now. Right. So, 
boom, they keep two officers. They call two more officers. So now there's four officers on me, one single person at 1130 at night at Sonic. There's four officers, two of them, while they go take my license and everything, two of them go to the car. And then the other one just stand there and like make sure I'm not moving at all. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, what do you think I'm going to do? Drive off? Like, I'm in Sonic, bro. I'm honestly waiting for my food. Like, what are y'all going to take my food? When it comes up. Like, like so um, they come back. Everything's good. Like, everything, because I knew everything was fine. Like, and if anything came back not fine where they wanted to um, take me to jail, then that's how I know that, like, something wasn't right. And uh, I kept my mom on the phone and everything. They came back and was like, okay, sir, uh, you're good to go. And then they were like, um, it's not every day we see some, somebody like you with a car like this. And I was like, what does that mean? And he was just like, I mean, look at you. Like, you shouldn't be having a car like this. And I was like, bro, get out of here. Like, are you serious, man? Like, well, I'm going to just get my food and go. Like, I don't even want to be in Mount Julia no more. I was like, y'all should be ashamed of y'all self, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing, too, is that <laughs> there is a stereotype. And, I mean, that's the biggest thing you can say about it. It's a stereotype yep. in which they see a successful black man. And some, I would say most, well, I won't say most, but some white people have that pre, um, just that pre-notion of. That they think it's from drugs or. Right. And it's not. Yeah. And it's just yeah. not that. I mean that's not the case, you know. Some, yeah. Some people make their money, you know, from other ways. Especially, you know. Yes, there are black people that sell drugs and they have nice cars. Yeah. But that's so minimal, and it's not. Yeah, and there are white people that sell drugs. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Like, it's just nuts. And there's like so many normal African Americans that have a job. And mm -hmm. are able to save their money and get a nice car, like, right? And and into their heads, they just don't see that being possible unless it's illegal, right? Chance, you talked a little bit about it. Um, you know, after George Floyd's murder, you know, people are protesting the current injustice and the police brutality right now, and it's pretty much getting shown on every single platform, all news channels, everything right now, right? And so a lot of people mm -hmm. are listening. Let me ask you this though. Do you think um, the media is covering the situation in the in the most appropriate way, or you know, are they do you no. think they're showing innocent people, um, you know, protesting but looking looking like they're bad people while they're protesting? So, I think it's Fox. Okay, Fox News is one of the most like um, Republican. Uh, news channels and they're backed by so many like this is not meaning to be racist but a lot of rich republican white people they're backed by them they're backed by trump administration and like i think it's already unfair that a news um a news channel can be owned in like by a president like because that's just gonna make it biased like automatically right and, and um so no like what they're showing their word their usage of wordage is just crazy like they'll call protesters thugs like a black protester would be on uh being shown on the news and they'll call them like like uh what are what are some like a thief they'll call them like protesters turning into thieves mm -hmm. and thugs but then they'll be a, stuff like that yeah, and then there'll be a white, a white um, protester who's not even for Black Lives Matter. Matter, they're for the um, Antifa stuff, right. and they'll literally call them a pro. Like they'll break a window on the news, right? And literally, they'll call them like uh, protesters get angry, right. while they'll have a marching peaceful black people and call them right. like thieves, like right. thieves. It's just so crazy. 
that's that's pretty much what they've been showing, right? The the people that are traveling from city to city who are a part of those anti Black Lives Matters movements, yeah, just kind of mess it all up. And then, I mean, dude, obviously there's so many protests right now that are like you said so peaceful, but then the media is showing pretty much chaos. That's uh, yeah, do, like, do you know what's going on? Right now. So have y'all seen how they're putting those pallets of bricks? Yeah, yeah. In protest places. So yeah. it's so crazy. So they're putting these pallets of uh bricks out and they're they're knowing like I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with Antifa. It's anti fascist. Yeah. So it's like primarily predominantly white people that hate the government, they're far radical left. And uh they're they're all violent, like they're not here to talk, they're literally here to do be destructive. And what they're doing is um, they're coming in first before the, the peaceful protesters are coming, the Black Lives Matter is coming. And what they're doing is igniting the violence because they're already about violence. Their agenda is violence. Mm-hmm. So they're coming, <clears throat> throwing these bricks through windows, throwing, throwing bricks at police. <clears throat> and in return, that causes the police to um, be physical. Right, and that's when it, a peaceful protest <clears throat> turns into a violent protest. It's not because of Black Lives Matter is being aggressive. It's because of these anti-fascist people are coming in and starting the uproar, and they're already destructive. So that's what they want. So they're achieving their goal, and they're not going to get blamed for it because the black people are going to get blamed for it. Right, and the biggest so, thing, like, the biggest thing that I've seen was, you know. There has been a lot of peaceful protesting, right? And yes, there has been, you know, the violence, the, the violence and the looting and stuff. But I feel like the looting and the violence, when anything like that happens, that gets overshadowed of actually the other side of the bigger side of the actual peaceful protest. You know? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was gonna move into. The yeah. um, sorry to interrupt you, but no, go ahead. Uh, the um, what was I gonna say? But to black people as a whole, they need to be smarter because if you can watch these videos, it's literally these anti-fascists and white people breaking these windows, and the black people are the ones going in and taking the stuff, like. And they got to be smarter than that. Like they're being used for the anti-fascist like agenda, mm-hmm. and just black people as a whole. Like they've started it now. Like I've seen a couple uh, on news, like black people stopping like white people from throwing bricks through stuff. Like they're literally like detaining them and being like, "You can't do this because it's making us look bad." So literally on the news they're capturing simply not the white people throwing these bricks through the windows but black people going in and looting and what that does it it devalues the peaceful protest it Mm. makes it seem like to the average american that um that black people are literally here just to cause destruction and everything and um that's why those bricks are put there. Like right. it's kind of just, it's all a setup. So like, yeah, black people just need to realize what's going on also. And they have like, it's getting more peaceful and peaceful. Like as the day's going to go by, it, it like it's more peaceful protests for sure. Right. And you know, we, we see everything kind of calming down, but more in a way that like you're saying, there are more peaceful protests. Let me ask you this chance just real quick. The people who are, you know, vandalizing violence and the looting is is that um, is that sort of a scenario to solve everything? Or I mean, what's what's your thoughts on those? Do you agree with that? Um, you know, is it necessary, or, or is there another way that we can all? Because I, I don't know who's, I, you know, I can't call it okay. on that. But what I do you think you. about that? And where's where's a scenario to go from there? So, is there an alternative to that? So it's kind of crazy how I've seen a lot of white supremacists being like um, destruction and um, looting isn't the answer to this. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is, is we go to war with other countries. And what do we do? 
to prove our point and to gain momentum or whatever we're trying to do with these other countries, we go in there and we're as destructive as possible. Mm-hmm. So their point of being like destruction and things, all that it isn't the answer. Then like we go to war, bro, every day. Like that point is invalid. And also we've tried peaceful protest. Like I'm not saying that it's right to do all this looting and stuff. But if if we could leave specifically like local owned businesses and like private like businesses, for example, like your mom's business, like business that are from hardworking Americans, if we could leave those alone alone, but like I'm not promoting violence, but if they're attacking like big industries like Trump Towers and like like banks, like big banks that have been finessing people their whole life. Like that's how they make money. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that a little bit more, but like local owned businesses, that's not, that's not what it needs to happen. And it's changing. Like stuff takes time to be soft and everything, but I wouldn't say that's the answer, but all this um, momentum we have right now of the, um, Black Lives protesting and all that. It has a lot of momentum right now because they're doing a lot of right. like LA is defunding the police. Um, they charge the policemen of the um, that killed George Floyd. They're actually tomorrow the House is having a new um, having a whole meeting about racial equality and what kind of like laws they can change and everything. So it's, it's really, really like everything that's going on is really powerful. The violence is just a part of it. Like really nothing you can stop about that because we had peaceful protesters. We had MLK. MLK was nonviolent specifically and he got murdered. Right. Malcolm X, he was more violent, but he didn't, he wasn't specifically violent and he got murdered. Um, Rosa Parks. She sat on a bus, not violent at all, and her whole life was ruined. So, like, we've tried peaceful, like, peace. Like, like we've tried it. Literally, Colin Kaepernick took a nail. He only took a nail during a um, a uh, the anthem. national anthem, and they considered him as that's not the way to go. Like, that's not the way to go. Like. So really anything African-Americans in Black Lives Matter, anything we do, it's going to be criticized. It's going to they're going to turn it into the worst as possible, you know. So there's really no solution. I say, like, you just got to keep going with what's going on now, like, because it's obviously working. Um, The violence is tuned down. So that's a positive so I think these peaceful protests, as much as peace can be, that's the answer. And we need to keep going. So Because Trump, I'll, he's only... Ex- yeah. I'll ask you this then. So just to clarify. So for you, what, what would be the your best way of continuing the change? Because I think we are... We, we've started that conversation of change right because things need to be different right the conversation is there but what are the things that at least for you what are those things that need to be really changed to make a difference are there any big big things that need to happen to actually see change because i feel like as of right now it's just we the conversations there, but there's no real real actions yet besides the yeah. protest, right? So what's the biggest thing that's on an agenda that so, needs to be done in your in your eyes? What needs to be changed? These protests need to keep happening because um, that's the only way the government listens. And I honestly, when all this happened, I don't think they they thought that this was going to be a breeze. Like, I don't think they realized how much many people was going to unite and get through this. And um, that's why I'm so glad social media is a thing. 
because without that social media, there would be no change. Like that would keep happening. Like it's happening right now. Like it would keep happening. So social media is a big part in getting the change going because it's like the average person's news channel. Well, especially the so, younger younger crowd. That's that's where I get all my yeah. news right now. I don't watch news at night or anything like my mom. Me neither. The older generation. So I'm getting all my stuff from social media. So, exactly. Yeah. So on the agenda now, from what I've been reading and what I personally think is so each state uses like 90% of their budget on police department and which that's like just so like unnecessary because the police already have enough gear they have enough weapons they have enough combat gear and half that stuff's not even being used so and while our schools are literally like falling apart like teachers are underpaid um schools are f- like literally like have mold and stuff growing in them like they could do a lot in, in our communities like building our communities something with healthcare, like making sure like the average person had health- accessible health care which they could definitely do that it's just that they're using all their money on the police department so a big thing of on the agenda of getting changed would definitely be defunding, not completely defunding the police, but taking some of their money away and using it for um, the community, using it to rebuild the community. So that's a big thing that's on the agenda. Also, they're trying to come up with laws that like, so police right now specifically don't really have any kind of guidelines of arresting a person. So like that knee on the throat thing, like that's perfectly legal as of now. And it shouldn't be because like, that's not even necessary. Right. Like people fight back and get scared because of like what police are able to do. Like they don't have any rules. Like it's just crazy. So Something with, like, proper being arrested, proper detainment. It's definitely on the agenda. And then all these businesses are being pointed out for having, like, so less of minorities hired. And, like, I saw this thing today where it's, like, the House of Congress, like, the presidential cabin, um, like, the news people, like, um, all kind of media like movies and stuff it's like 98 percent white so obviously black people's um intentions aren't taken into account because like it's 99 percent white people so i think it'd be another thing to um make sure there's more diversity in people who hold power like mm-hmm. people who hold power, Congress, all that, there needs to be more diversity so that African Americans have that ability to have a voice. Mm-hmm. I think they could definitely diversify um, even the police department, right? I mean, have yeah, for guys sure. Like, oh, that's part of it. Like police captains and stuff, they're like ninety nine percent white. Um, well, you hit it school. on the on the head on the head though, with the the funding portion because half of the reason i feel like the the problem is in in the schooling because if the schools aren't good those you know public schools that are mostly mostly white i mean mostly black and don't have as many white white students there they don't have the same opportunity as if they went to a private school like me or you, right? So exactly. I want to also ask you this: What does I'll lead it kind of into this question? But what is what was it like for you personally going to a private school with like USN as a you know African American black male? You know, was that a 
Like, so what was the biggest thing? I lucked out by being able to go to a private school in general, but I lucked out by going to a private school that is diverse, that is open to new ideas, that isn't specifically racist. But um, I know people, other African-Americans who went to other private schools. I'm not going to say any specific names. We, but, we know um, the schools. We know the schools. <laughs> yeah, like the all-boys school. There you go. There, <laughs> I know black people that went to the all-boys school in Nashville that literally faced racism like every day. Like teachers would treat them like they weren't as smart as other kids, like other kids would be racist towards them. I actually seen this Facebook post by a Montgomery, oh shoot, by a, um, a the all boys school alumni. And he was literally <laughs> saying like, um, all these in words. You might as well just call him out now. <laughs> I mean, you can yeah. now. It, it doesn't even matter. No, no don't, Montgomery, don't. We can't, no, no we can't do that. They, they um yeah you might want to bleep that out. Um, <laughs> hey, it's it's live, they, buddy. Um, <laughs> we can't bleep nothing now. Uh, well, oh well. I hope they don't attack me. Like man, um, one of their alumni literally like was posting like, "In lives don't matter." Like, "In lives we need to get all these ends and move them up north to Canada." Like, we shouldn't have never brought these ends into um the south and like it was crazy because this this dude went to nba and all the people commenting on it were people who went to nba also right and that was just crazy for me to see because that's so different from the school we went to like that would never happen at our school like and if it did like that person would be in disciplinary action so fast right so like I was blessed to go to the school I go to or did go to. And um, I would say that's one of the best, like, free thinking schools, probably in America, like, at least in Tennessee. So private schools, they're still, it's, yeah, like, African-Americans would be blessed by going to a private school. But at the end of the day, they're only agenda as that private school is to teach white history and to teach like white things you know so it's like every yeah being a private school you're gonna learn more but there's still no diversity in what they're teaching and um yep and it's like in the public schools here like yeah you are completely right about that like public schools here have no funding like and they know this. They know that these schools are primarily black, so they don't care. Like, some of these schools don't even have books. Like, they have to share books with each other. Like, and that sets up African Americans, like, as, like, they're already failing before they even graduate. Already, like, a step back. Yeah, because they don't know anything. Like, they can't learn in order to be a successful businessman or a successful whatever because they're not being taught it they're not even giving the chance and that's why a lot of these african americans are turning to you know drug dealing and like just negative things because that's the only way they could make money besides working like you know mcdonald's or something like you can't really be like live the lifestyle anybody wants to live off a mcdonald's salary like Mm -hmm. so like they have to find other ways to make money and in 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 our society and in our neighborhoods in our neighbor like in those african-american neighborhoods the only thing there are is drugs right so like man it's just like black people the system like that's why they're talking about systemic change because the system is against black people automatically. The biggest biggest video that I saw was, you know, kind of what you were saying, the, the step back, Andy, of, you know, if you're already a step back and don't have resources or, you know, 
already in, you know, playing from behind, it's hard to come back. And it, we can relate it to sports too. Like exactly, if we're playing basketball in high school and we're already we spot the other team, you know, 10, 15 points, it's going to be a hard game no matter who we're playing. We could be playing school of the blind or something, and yeah. it'd still be hard, you know? Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly like to add on to that, it'd be like say we're playing like, for example, in football, say we're playing a school that has more funding than us, like they have better coaches better equipment, better practice facilities, more time put into their program. Mm -hmm. And then say that our school has one coach who's underpaid. Like we don't have any practice gear. We don't have any, we're, we're, we're already behind. Like there's no way we can compete with anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. So like relating that back to African-Americans versus the white system is like, we're already behind, so it's like we're struggling. We're fighting to keep up right. the whole time. So, Chance, do you have within all these protests? Let me ask you this: Do you get this feeling that sort of a lot of black and white people are, are coming together? And do you feel that, like, I mean, for me and Liam personally, we're just trying to, you know, we want to listen, we want to educate ourselves, but we also want to help. We don't just want to stand there and solitary mm -hmm. and just stay quiet. Do you get this feeling that more people are starting to unite because everyone's yep. pretty fed up with what's going on and there are those... Yeah, you know it's crazy? Yeah. So, um... I got kind of two things to say. So our generation is one of the most powerful generations I think there ever has been because our, our parents' generation, their generation was go to get a job, go to work and do that for the rest of your life. You know, like mm -hmm. follow the system as much as you can, like make sure you have a job, like work all day and then come home. Their lives are like the same. They're structured. You feel me? Mm -hmm. our generation is so different because we're open to a lot like we got people doing we got 19 year olds 18 year olds who are millionaires because like our mind is open we're not just structured we're not gonna specifically get a job and work that job for the rest of our life. We're, we're trying to find ways to one, help our community as well as making money, you know, and not just being structured. Like we are free thinkers. Like we got freaking people trading company, having trading companies like online. Cause we have a lot of technology and that technology like opens the door to a lot of like, possibilities like that's how people are going viral and becoming stars like overnight like literally like there's so many like people get paid million like ninja you know ninja is mm -hmm. he gets paid to literally stream his Fortnite, and he got a hundred million dollar <laughs> contract for that. yeah like a hundred million dollars to stream his freaking Fortnite. And, like, there's just so many ways that we have created. Like, we created that. Like, we created yeah. that, that demand, like, that market for being able to even play video games and get paid for it. Mm -hmm. So, like, our generation is just so powerful. And what I think what you said about the unity thing, Trump really, like, he, he kind of messed up. He kind of messed up for himself because I felt like, he isn't being as active in the protest and like yeah. saying things that ignite hate because he thought that was going to draw white and black apart. But mm -hmm. our generation is literally closer than ever. Like white and black is closer than ever. It ever has been yeah. like, we got so many white people out there at the protest yeah, like you said, because everyone's fed up of this. Like, it's crazy. Like, he's going to end up losing the election because he's uni unified 
literally a lot of young people. And the reason he won that first election, besides other things that I don't want to get into, but the reason he won that election is because the younger generation, we didn't go out and vote. We didn't vote Mm -hmm. at all. Like, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to admit I did not vote. And I don't think anybody I lived with in my house voted. All right. Like, did you vote? I No, I didn't vote. I did. I'm not going to lie to you. You did? Yeah. I got to vote. Like, I'm definitely voting this for this election, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and that's that's, that's a saying. good thing. I feel like that is, you know, you, that, for example, both of you, you know, said you didn't vote. Uh-huh. And now you're saying this next election, I got to vote. And I think that's... Exactly. And I think that's, that's what a, I'm saying. That's another thing that... A lot of people like, are realizing that right now, if you just go out and vote for what this movement has, you actually believe it. Yeah, yeah. It has, has brought to light and changed that stuff through voting. I think that's one of the biggest things that we have to do to make an actual change is to go out and vote these people out exactly. of power that are right. making these decisions. And I think when we're, when we're sorry, Chance, when we're talking about like police brutality um, and we're talking about voting, a lot of people just think of voting for like the president or like people in the House or judi- judiciary. But we I feel like for the police brutality and like they're in every single city and every single community. So we need to be more informed on how to vote for because I don't know how to vote for a, a state district or yes. attorney district or like law enforcement. And those votes only lose by. Who knows? A couple hundred, couple thousand votes. So I feel yeah. like that could be a, a great place to start as well. And that's a part yeah, of that's educating what I mean yourself. By like, um, that's what I mean by like Trump kind of like messed himself up because all these younger people that didn't vote like us, we didn't vote in the um, the election because we just weren't informed, nor did we even care to vote. Right. But he's caused like all this drama that has literally unified this younger generation and we all didn't vote, which is a reason he won. Like now that he's unified a whole, whole generation of young people who are literally want to vote. Like they want to get out there and vote and make a change and like be more educated on, like you said, like how do they like now, that's even in the conversation, Andy. Like you're wondering how to vote for your local, like, mayor and all that stuff. Like that's in the conversation now. While before this, this what it wasn't even in the conversation. So now, mm-hmm. all these people, white and black people, even Hispanic, it really everybody's unified and wanting to know how to get out there and make a change. And they know that voting is the change. So. I think this election there'll be a crazy turnout. Yeah, I, I think so, it'll man. be a. I think we'll see a lot more people out there voting and a a, a big change and you know from the top down and all. For sure. Our power and levels. it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I say this one thing. Um, the Trump um, administration—they're trying to make it more difficult to uh vote for like younger people because of the corona thing they're trying to use the corona thing as advantage to say like it's not safe to vote so you have to do like a mail-in vote which makes it a whole different Mm -hmm. like harder and everything but like i still think we're fired up and ready enough to do whatever it takes yeah i totally agree i think we're in the in exactly the direction that obviously that we want to go toward um chance we appreciate you coming on again we're talking to chance flash here he's just sitting down good friend of ours um you know he's on apple and spotify but this was something that we kind of just wanted to um we've we've wanted chance to come on for a while now (laughs) yeah we we haven't um, haven't, i'm sorry we haven't found him you know that's why we're recording yeah we haven't found where flash has been at You know, uh, this is this is definitely a, a perfect time to have you on and just kind of hear your perspective and, you know, listen on how us white people can help out, because obviously we want to unify everyone. Everyone is beautiful in their own way, in their own skin. 
when people say they don't see race, I kind of disagree with that because I see the beauty in every single, every single. Yeah, that's what makes the um, world beautiful is because people are different. Exactly. But everyone has a heart underneath and we're all the same. So um, right now here at Man to Man, obviously, guys, we support Black Lives Matter, the movement and obviously the desire for reform and equality for our black communities. Um, let's just make the uncomfortable comfortable to talk about. Let's, you know, white person, when you see a black person, say hi, you know, like, don't make it awkward. Like, make hey, the uncomfortable comfortable. Speaking of that, it's crazy. I've actually, um, from being a black American, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like, in the past couple of weeks and months, I've, like, white people are so nice now it's crazy like i'm not even gonna lie like i can go to the grocery store and before like they would like walk the other way or put their heads down and just not say anything Mm -hmm. now it's like everyone it's such a good energy like as of right now like it's just kind of crazy yeah and you know a lot of people may think it's awkward but that's maybe because like us white people have had privilege and like we we listened back and like we're still with you but we never really helped or did anything about it and so yeah. i think this is a time where every single white american can come together they, into the black community and yeah they have their opportunity to help for sure now yeah but that's that's just what we're about guys um you know we continue to educate ourselves on this matter like we said let's continue to protest Let's go out there and inform ourselves, inform ourselves on like how to vote. But to the black community, like Chance, we love you. I've had a black step that I have black people in my family. Liam, we've, you know, we've grown up with very good black people in our lives. Um, and so that's just who we are. So um, we've, Man to Man's donated uh, about 50 bucks to the George Floyd, uh, George Floyd yeah, yeah. Foundation. Um, and that's on GoFundMe. And that actually surpassed $13 million, which is, um, you know, the, most individual donations in the crowdfunding platforms history. So uh, we'll go ahead and uh, attach that link down low, as well as a link leading to multiple other donation opportunities that you guys can go on and donate money to. That's against pro- uh, police brutality and social ju- justice itself. Um, but Chance, before we go, man, uh, if you kind of want to shout out like where you're at, how do people find you? How do our listeners listen to you? Um, that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so I want to start off by saying, I actually had a great time being able to uh, use my voice and just talk about everything that's going on. So I appreciate that from you guys. And um, I, I, I will be talking a lot and sharing what I can on my Instagram, which is chance flash which is c-h-a-n-s-e flash one word on instagram and pretty much everything and you can find me on uh i mean if you google me you can really find me on anything um i had an album out blood diamonds doing pretty well but i'm also about to drop a new project in the upcoming months probably in two months from now and they'll have, I'll touch a little bit in that album on like just everything that's going on. So that'll be another way for you guys to just tune in on what's going on. And that's going to be called Flash Forever. Flash oh, we got the album name. Okay, cool. Yeah. Flash and then like the number four VR. So Flash Forever. And um, you guys can be looking out for that. You can keep up with me on Instagram because that's what I use the most. Yeah, I think everyone's excited for you to for you to come out with another album this summer. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it, we'll it's going to be a southern a summer a southern summer anthem. For <laughs> sure. yeah, we'll go. Sure. We'll, we'll make that our uh, our episode title, but we'll we'll drop chances. Um, you know, social platform information down low in the blink in the description as well. But again, chance, you're the homie, dude. Uh, you know, I always got love for you and your family and everyone else out there, and uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. You take care, Ryan. Right? Yeah, thanks, chance. for sure. I hope I, hope I see you guys get a, to do another episode pretty soon. Yeah, yes, sir. We're working on it, baby. We so will. we appreciate cool. it. All right, boy. Cool. All right. With that, this week's episode is a wrap. A big thanks to Chance Flash for coming on this week again. Um, 
you know, it's just a good conversation and, you know, able for him to voice his opinions and and thoughts about what's going on. But like Andy said, we will put in the GoFundMe um, for George Floyd's, uh, all that stuff in the uh, description below. But with that, we will catch you next Sunday for episode 24. Namaste to you guys. Namaste. 24. 24. Hey, namaste. Be pacing, nation, baby. I'm nothing. I'm straight hustling.